0: are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent.
1: I was in room 2545 of the Delta Chelsea Hotel in uh, Toronto. It was the last night of what would turn out to be the last official author tour of my life. I didn't know that at the time. Uh, and what happened was excuse me what happened was I was in the hotel room and I'd had a long day of interviews and pretty tired so I'd ordered room service and I had room service up there and uh, lay back on the bed in a few minutes what seemed like a few minutes a knock came at the door and I looked at the I got up and on the little desk across the room, the room service tray was still sitting there. So I thought it was the room service waiter. I looked at my watch and I realized it was two o'clock in the morning and I thought, should I do this? But, you know, I I wanted to get rid of the tray. And so I opened the door and this man came in. He was uh, about five, eight, five, nine, you know, not short, but not tall either, sort of average height. Very, rather slight. Uh, he had on a dark gray trousers and uh turtleneck, as I recall. And he had white hair, a very kind face, an older face. I'd say he was in his 70s, uh, 60s or 70s. Or maybe older, if he's one of those ages sort of people that are around. See, every once in a while, he walked into the room immediately and walked over to the window and turned around, standing therefore in front of the closed window. The curtains were closed, and the air conditioning thing. And by that time, I had realized I had a total stranger in my room, and has nothing to do whatsoever with room service. So I moved to get him out. I thought to myself, this can't be good. Uh, This guy is here at, uh, in the middle of the night. I'm definitely need to get him out of here right away. So I started to move toward him and he said, you're chained to the ground. And I said, excuse me. And he said, I am here on behalf of the good. Please give me some time. Now, I, I, at this point, I'm thinking it's a fan. He seems perfectly okay, but it's still the middle of the night, and right. so I'm still very un, uneasy. And I say, "Who are the good?" Thinking that he's going to say it's some cult group or something. I I didn't know quite what he was going to say. He says, those whose lives are directed toward ascension. And I'm still not happy with this. (laughs) I say, you mean like religious types? Then he said the first thing that kind of stopped me. He said, belief impedes release. The ascension I refer to is a process of finding God Within and the universe without. I mean, I'm quoting from the book, but this is these are quotes. These I I wouldn't say these are exact quotes because it was not until two years later that I actually wrote this down. It was all sitting in my head the whole time, but I was going back and forth. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Uh, Annie, I called Annie the next morning from the hotel and said because I'm. I'm bad about deciding things didn't really happen that did, especially if there's high strangeness involved. Everybody's like that. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. At least I hope not. Mm -hmm. So I called her in the morning and I said that this actually happened and that she needed to I needed to count on her to tell me to write this all down and to and to not let myself convince myself me convince myself that it didn't happen and uh, uh, so anyway back to what's happening here he uh, after that I said when he says this thing about uh, ascension and finding God within the universe without I then say what does that mean and he says mankind is trapped and I'm thinking What in the world is this? And he said uh, that uh, there there are a couple of uh, uh, other things. And uh, he said that the Holocaust was the most important event in the past 2,000 years.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that sort of stopped me. The Holocaust. We don't like to think about that very much. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't. Nobody does. I know about it. We all know about it. There are some people out there, especially more lately, the uh, uh, who are denying it. But it happened, right. all right, and it of all course. happened. Of course, it did. Um. And he said, "Then I said, uh, the Holocaust was the most important event in the past two thousand years." He said. You were meant to have acquired the ability to leave the planet by now, but you are still trapped here. You may be irretrievably lost. I never heard anything like that before in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it, at Holocaust, it's something that happened. The Germans went crazy, they killed all the Jews. It happened. Uh, the, uh, but I didn't think of it in terms of being a historical event with this terrible resonance in our own lives that he was describing. And then he says, and this has caused me a lot of trouble in certain circles because there's lots of anti-Semites around. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said, why has the Holocaust prevented us from leaving the planet? I'm getting a little bit confrontational now because not only do I have this guy in my room, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm nervous about this, but he's also really interesting. He's interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So, uh, so I say that, and he then says it reduced the intelligence of the human species by killing too many of its most intellectually competent members. Right. Well, you know, you could say that about any war, anything. I mean, wars kill good people. Uh, World War I stripped us of the whole of the best of European civilization mm-hmm. uh, and world war two kind of did it even worse. And yet we all, we survived. I mean, the civilization survived. Um, now, but then he gets more specific. See, he says the because of the Holocaust, it's why you're still using jets 75 years after their invention. Now it's a hundred years and we're still using them. So, mm-hmm. uh, Then he says the sentence that stopped me, and this meant that the guy is going to stay. I'm not going to throw him out of this room. He says, the understanding of gravity is denied you because of the absence of a child, the child of a murdered Jewish couple. This child would have unlocked the secret of gravity, but he was not born. Because his parents went, the whole species must stay and boy i mean you you can find it's, some really super anti-whitley strieber stuff especially lately on holocaust denier websites because they they don't like to think about that they don't mm-hmm. like they don't want that to be true but sure. th- this guy said so many other things that have turned out to be true i think it is true he was very into artificial intelligence um uh, mm-hmm. and uh talked about it a lot and you know every single scientific claim that he made is coming true uh, I got the idea for the Superstorm book mm-hmm. from two places the f- fir- I met a guy we'll be right back
0: after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show
1: who told me about a huge storm that had devastated Hawaii probably 10,000, 20,000 years ago. And that you, it was so devastating that you could see places in certain cliffs where they had been gouged out, open, gouged out by gigantic winds. So it was sort of in the back of my mind. And he proceeds to explain, you know, he might have known it was in the back of my mind. He was, he was something very special. Mm-hmm. He proceeds to explain later on in the conversation the mechanism behind climate change. And, you know, I listened to all of this. And when I went home, I didn't write the book down, but I did begin researching this and I would just go deep into... There was not a lot of research about this superstorm concept on the surface at all. But if you got deep into papers, into scientific papers about uh, uh, the end of the last ice age, you began to see stuff that agreed basically with what he was saying. Weird, very scary things. And, um, and then... I read. I, I found something else, which has haunted me ever since. There's a uh, a glaciologist. I think he might still be with us, named Lonnie Thompson, who studied glaciers in uh, the And Peruvian Andes. And he found at the bottoms of many of these glaciers, which were all about 5,000 years old, plants that had been quick f- frozen so fast that their, uh, their um, uh, cells hadn't been destroyed. Like frozen food is quick frozen. The, the frozen, in other words, in a matter of seconds. And now all these thousands of years later, they're still at the bottom of glaciers. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that the climate changed in not a, a day or a month or a year or an hour, but in seconds it's seconds. It's terrifying. Yeah, and there are places in Alaska and in Russia where there are some very strangely preserved animals that, were, that died with food still in their mouths. Something happened, and here's another thing about this. The same time this was happening in our area, a man who is now known as Uzi the Iceman and was in the Tyrol, in the Stone Age, and he was traveling through an alpine meadow when he was struck by an arrow and killed. He fell down, and it began to snow. We found his body under that snow 5,000 years later. In other words, (laughs) he was in an alpine meadow, he was killed, it starts snowing, the snow never melts again. It turns into a glacier. 5,000 years later, it's just beginning to melt. What does it tell us? It tells us that something fundamentally changed on Earth's surface 5,000 years ago very suddenly. And also, going back 12,000 years, when you see those quick frozen plants I mean, and, and, and animals, this happens And this is the genesis. This is why I began to think in terms of some kind of a phenomenal storm. And he had described, he had said that the Gulf Stream would stop flowing. And when it did, there would be a sudden and dramatic change in the climate. Now, right now, right now, the Gulf Stream is stopping flowing. And when it stops flowing, you're going to have l- all, overnight this unbelievable change in climate. Now, uh, when I first published Superstorm, which was based on the ideas in The Key, and to a an ex- lesser extent on what I had heard from the man, uh, the, the man I'd talked to in Hawaii, um, when I published that, uh, I published it along with Art Bell and we went out to on the hustings together with it and we were just scorned uh Matt Lauer the disgraced uh today show host right. just sneered at us on today the today show he was he was such a creep but you know he was a big star at the time so it hurt our book bad and people scoffed at the idea of the superstorm until a few years ago, another paper comes out, and this is a paper about the superstorm scenario written by something like 15 of the most important climatologists in the world. And it, uh, this paper lays out the fact that it does actually happen. Now, right now, as we are talking, there is a subtropical storm developing off the coast of South America in the Atlantic. One of the only two we've seen in the past twenty-five years, and there is every evidence that the that the Gulf Stream is weakening. Uh, it is highly likely that we're going to see more very powerful hurricanes. Uh, we've already seen a. Devastating and very strange storm system that f- froze Texas mm-hmm. half to death. And, well, we have to do what we've done in the past and live past it in order to survive. Uh, the a- ancient Romans had experiences like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, th- their empire collapsed. Uh, their whole world collapsed, not just their empire. But everything they understood about the world changed. And we're going to experience a lot of change. It's just going to happen that way. Life changes. Nothing stays the same. Uh, But here's the issue in my mind. Uh, The um, question is, uh, is it going to completely disrupt our world and cause a massive decline in population? Maybe a total decline. Uh, or is it going to be something that we can, where we can kind of hang on to things and and, and and keep our world together? I don't know the answer to that question, but right now I have my doubts. Because, you know, we just went through four years of pretending it wasn't, it didn't exist and it wasn't true. And then prior to that, the uh, uh, Obama administration was not very aggressive about it at all. It wasn't very important <laughs> important to yeah. them. And back all the way to the Reagan years, it was always denied by most administrations, or the ones that didn't deny it more or less ignored it. He says, seek the kingdom as a Christian. Give yourself to God as a Muslim. Right. Find your new companion in the dynamic silence of Buddhist meditation. In other words, you seek God through the teachings of Muhammad. You move toward the kingdom, which is the, the, the kingdom of love. Uh, it's the kingdom of the five. The, the, uh, in the Gospel of Thomas, there are the five trees in paradise. And the, the number five Jesus' teaching is actually all about sacred numbers, but we don't see it that way anymore at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've literalized it and debased it, uh, sadly. But in any case, the number five was in the Egyptian system and in the Pythagorean system considered the number of love. Because it adds up the number of man, of the male, which is three, and the number of the female, which is two. And that becomes five, and so it's actually the number of love. and when he when he says, when the the uh, master of the key says, "Seek the kingdom as a Christian," he's saying, "Live out of love, live in love." That's what he's saying. Uh, I did not know that at, this, at the time. I knew nothing about the Gospel of Thomas at the time, and I knew mm-hmm. nothing whatsoever about the number five and Pythagoras' uh, elucidation of it in the context of his knowledge of Egyptian, Egyptian secrets, so I didn't know any of that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And um, uh, uh, but you know, it's this document, the the book, the key is filled with uh, depth like that that I did not know about when I was even putting it down on paper.
0: I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys free master classes between sixty and ninety minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Taught by spiritual masters, yogis, spiritual thought leaders, and best-selling authors. Just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free.